Well, what's going on, folks? So glad that you're with us. This is the first episode of the Liberty 412 podcast where we look to engage you as the parent week to week so that you can begin engaging your child here in the youth program at Liberty Baptist Church with biblical conversation. And so we're going to dive in first off, right off the bat with 1 Timothy 4.12. And uh, this is our mission verse here at Liberty Baptist Church with our youth. And so I'm going to go ahead and dive right in and read the verse. And then we're going to break some things down. So verse 12, it says this, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the ex- set the believers an example in speech and conduct in love in faith and in purity. And so that is our mission statement because the truth to be known, we want to let every student know that no matter their age, no matter how young they are, that if they've surrendered their life to Christ, they can make a difference in the kingdom of Christ right here, right now. They are ambassadors for Christ. They are created in the image of God. And so therefore, if they've surrendered their life to Christ, they can go into this world making a difference, setting an example to the believers, even to us older older believers on what it truly looks like to follow Christ. They also, also the truth is, is that these younger generations have a greater impact and can impact in places that we as adults can't, inside their friend groups, inside places that, you know, just adults influences can't reach as far. Um, and so if we can begin to encourage and equip these kids to be ambassadors for Christ inside their spheres of influence, There's no telling the amount of kingdom work that can be done. So that is what is that is why we picked this verse. But I think it's important that when we do when we dive into any type of scripture, we need to know the context of the scripture. And so a question we always need to ask is, okay, who's writing this? Who are they talking to or who are they writing it to? And and inside scripture, if there is conversations inside the text, we need to know the two characters that are talking and why they are talking and what is the conversation about. I think a lot of times as believers, we just get flippant and we just throw scripture out there and it's out of context. And when that happens, man, the devil is crafty and he can twist things and he can move things. He can take scripture himself and, and, and change it, just change a perspective a little bit, and it changes the whole dynamic of the verse. And so I like to talk about the 5-5 rule. Uh, you could call it the 10-10 rule, the 15-15 rule, however far you wanna go. But anytime someone gives me a verse to study, generally what I like to go do, go do is go at least five verses ahead and read five verses below. And so you'll have roughly 11 verses there that you're gonna read, but that will give you context. A lot of other ways you could do it is just go back to the beginning of that particular section of Scripture. So if you're in, say, 1 Timothy chapter 4, you can start in verse 1 and read down through verse 12. That's going to give you context on what is being said here, because the last thing we want to do is get something out of context, and it becomes a misunderstood uh, thing inside our lives, and people get you know, get all different types of false doctrines and and messed up, you know, paths because people are not reading things in context. So I think it's very important. So first question, who wrote this book, First Timothy? Well, it was actually written by the Apostle Paul. How do we know that? Well, if you go to chapter one, verse one, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by command of our of our God and our Savior and of Christ Jesus, our hope. And then verse two, it says, to Timothy, my true child in faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So 
We always need to know who are writing the books of the Bible, why they're writing them, and who they're writing them to. And so right here in 1 Timothy makes it really easy. Verse 1, chapter 1, Paul says, hey, I'm Paul, I'm writing this. And in verse 2, he says, and I'm writing it to Timothy. So that gives us more context on what is being written and why it's being written. And so the question is, why is Paul writing this to Timothy? Well, most theologians believe that Paul was actually on a missionary adventure um, while he wrote this to Timothy. And so he is writing this back to Timothy. A lot of people think that Timothy was at the church in Ephesus at the time, the Ephesian church. And so Paul is writing back to Timothy and encouraging him and saying, hey, Timothy, look, man, you got a big job ahead of you, but I know you're qualified for it. You got this. I'm encouraging you. I'm going to push forward in you. I believe in you. And so this is an encouragement letter to Timothy. It is also an instructional letter to Timothy on various things of how the church is supposed to operate. I mean, all the way from a warning first off saying, hey, be, be aware of false teachers that might come out of here. Uh, it says, you know, Jesus came to save the sinners is another another section in this letter. He's telling Timothy to make sure that the church prays for everyone. Um, he gives qualifications for church leadership as far as deacons and elders and, and what the qualification requirements are for those titles inside the church. He's giving a warning saying, hey, look, some people are going to depart the faith. Um, that's going to be part of this. And he's basically telling Timothy, you know, don't get discouraged by that. That's going to happen. We're going to keep forward on the gospel of Christ. He's also going to give instructions to the church in Ephesus themselves and how they're supposed to handle themselves. Um, he's also at the very end going to encourage Timothy again, saying, hey, fight the good fight of faith. Move forward. We actually find our section of chapter 4, verse 12, underneath something, uh, a title titled section that says, A Good Servant of Jesus Christ. And so he's telling Timothy in, ver in chapter uh, 4, verse 6, he said, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent or silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. For the whole body of training is some value, but godliness is of value in every way as it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And so he says all that to Timothy to encourage him saying, hey, bring this truth, bring this instruction to the church. And if you do so, you will be a good servant. And after he says that, it comes into 12, verse 12, where he's saying, hey, don't let anyone despise you because of your youth. Now, what does despise mean? A lot of versions will say, don't let anyone look down on you. Um, and that's basically the definition there. But if you look at the definition of despise, it's dislike, low, or have a low opinion of. So he's telling him, like, don't let anybody have a low view of you, but set an example. Set an example for the believer. But what I find interesting is Paul did not tell Timothy that no one will despise him. He's not saying that they won't despise him. They, he's basically preparing Timothy. He's like, hey, there are going to be people that look down on you. But don't, don't let that bother you. Like you have the God's word and God's truth in you. And that's what I want to let our youth know here at Liberty Baptist Church is there are going to be people that come, come at you from every angle, especially when you're following Christ. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to call names. They're, they're going to ridicule you. They're going to make you feel like you're crazy. They're going to despise you. But you have the absolute unfailing truth of God's word in your hands and in your heart once you've surrendered to Christ. And so therefore, 
Don't let that bother you. Know that you are standing on the truth. Here's the thing. Paul's advice to Timothy was not to focus, was moreover to focus inwardly at how he reacted rather than focusing on the actions of others. So he really wanted Timothy to understand that, hey, look at how you're going to handle yourself, how you're going to do it in conduct and speech and love and faith and purity, and look at the inward. How can you handle yourself? How can you handle your actions, even though those people are not handling their themselves well? And he's basically saying, be confident in who you are in Christ. Don't worry about what these other people do or think. You set an example. Even if they do despise you, you go out and set an example of what it means to follow after Jesus. Now, the other thing I, I find interesting is, did Paul tell Timothy to argue or complain if someone despised him? No. He didn't even say address it. He just said, live, be an example. The other thing is, Paul di didn't tell Timothy to mope around. Didn't feel, don't, don't, he didn't say, go sit in a corner and mope because someone thought less of you or despised you. No, he said, just live an example. Be the example. No matter what they say or do, you just live an example of what it's supposed to look like to follow Jesus. And so, that is the key to what we're trying to engage in our youth here at Liberty Baptist Church is you're going to be attacked. You're going to be made fun of. People are going to say, I can't believe you're a Christian. I can't believe you believe in that. But you can set an example in just how you live your life in front of these people. So do not allow others' actions or opinions to change the way you follow Jesus, but set an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. So this week, as you go out, parents, and you begin engaging your child with conversations of what this verse is trying to say and what we are talking about here at Liberty Baptist Church, what are some practical ways that you can challenge your child to set an example? And here's, here's a very simple way. I think sometimes we complicate it, but we can just ask them directly. We could say, hey, this week, how did you set an example of what it means to follow Jesus in one of these categories? Pick one. Just say, hey, how did you how did you show Jesus in your speech this week? How did you show Jesus in your conduct? How did you set an example on how you loved others? Or how did you set an example in trusting in God in your faith? Or hey, how, how did how did you set an example through the life of purity that you were called to be? It's just very simple. Just ask them directly. And here's the thing I, I want to be very clear on though, is ask questions genuinely and then listen to the response, okay? Don't don't sit there expecting to have an answer in return. Just listen to them. I think a lot of times as parents, we, we mess this up where we ask a question and maybe they don't answer the way we want them to answer and so we immediately correct them. Look, we gotta give our kids the availability and the opportunity to basically process and apply the truth from scripture to issues in their own world and if we are constantly just giving them the answer or correcting them or, you know, basically berating them because they didn't answer it the way we think they should answer it, they're never going to learn. They're just going to have, we're just going to have kids that we modify their behavior, but their soul is not actually going to change. And so inside your normal conversation about life, sports, school, relationships, in regards to conflict or hard decisions, give your child space to process and develop an answer for themselves and allow them the opportunity to apply the truth from scripture to it. Ask questions and then again, genuinely listen to what they have to say. Um, and then ask questions like, 
you know, simple questions like this week, how did you love on someone like Jesus? Or how did your conduct reflect Jesus? We just talked over those. But one thing I want to say, and I'll close with this, is, is, is very important. We need to always look to ask these questions in an encouraging way. Never use them as a pry bar. We're never coming up to a kid in a moment of frustration being like, well, how did you love someone this week? Or we're never coming up to them and being like, if they mess up, being like, well, how did that show love? You know, that those things, we don't want to use scripture to demean people. We want to use scripture as a way to celebrate and to basically encourage them. So, you know, randomly when things aren't all over the place and there aren't high tensions or anything, maybe around the dinner table, just a simple answer or just simple question of, you know, hey, let, let me ask you a question this week at school or this week, you know, as you got prepared for school. Uh, tell me a way that you set an example in your speech or conduct um, and then allow them to answer. And if it's a short two two word answer of, oh, well, I told my, my sister I loved her, accept that and say, man, that's great. Thank you so much. Another way we can do it is setting them up through the week. So on a Sunday, as they prepare for the week, you could say, hey, uh, hey, son of mine or hey, daughter of mine. What are some ways that you can practically start living out an example in your life this week? What are some practical ways that you can show love to someone this week or that you can show an example of your speech and conduct this week and give them an opportunity to process it and then give them, you know, say, hey, I, I just like to hear what are some what are some ways that you thought of that you can show Jesus. Then when they give you those answers, you know, maybe on Wednesday, you're halfway through the week, you come up to him and be like, hey, you know, we had talk, talked on Sunday at the dinner table and, you know, you said that these were some ways uh, some ways that you could show Jesus or some goals of, of ways that you could apply this truth that we've gone through this week. Um, how are you doing on that? And never use it as, you know, almost like a check mark of like, we're just going to get it done. But just say, you know, how are you doing? And if they're like, you know what, mom? You know what, Dad? I, I didn't get to that this week. I've just been overwhelmed. Hey, it, it's okay, buddy. No problem. Pat him on the back and go on. Um, but it's just beginning to incorporate this into your everyday life and everyday conversation. And so as parents, I'm here for you. I'm encouraging you. I'm praying for you. And I can't wait to dive into this even further and use this as an opportunity. And I can't wait to hear from you guys on the conversations that you're having with your kids on the biblical side of things in the spiritual realms and what it's going to look like as we begin to dive into scripture. Y'all have a great week. So excited for this week as we kick off youth and uh, stay humble, stay focused, and let's keep pressing forward.